What up, peeps? It is Monday, January 16th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Uh, first off, it's been a minute since the last podcast. My apologies. Um, I've had a lot going on at the beginning of this year. So let me start with a very happy new year to everyone. Hope your new year has started off on a positive note. Um, and today happens to be MLK Day. So I'm kind of off, but I'm logging in, checking on a few things uh, at work, but still trying to enjoy the day off. Um, New Year has been busy so far. A lot of work stuff going on, a lot of personal stuff going on, but uh, positive stuff. So hopefully I will have some uh, additional news to share by the next podcast. Um, a friend of mine has suggested at the end of last year that she makes a vision board and she said it helps to be able to visualize what you want to accomplish for the year. So instead of doing an actual vision board, I got a journal and I wrote down several things uh, that I wanted to focus on for the year. And, uh, It looks like one of those things on the list may be coming to fruition uh, really soon and hopefully I'll be able to share some of that good news with you within the next week or so. Uh, Been praying about it and if it's meant to be, it will be. Uh, But since the last podcast, some interesting news has happened. Um, I'll start with Damar Hamlin. Uh, He's the Buffalo Bills football player who experienced a cardiac arrest event during the game. Um, I actually had the game on that night, but I was on the phone, so I had the game on in the background and really was not paying attention until I started getting text messages from multiple people asking me if I was watching the game. So uh, I turned around to see what was going on, and when I looked at the TV, the ambulance was leaving the field. So at that point, I had no idea what happened. Um, As I started watching and went to YouTube to see if I could find out exactly what happened, um, I saw the play. And to see what happened uh, to this young man was, it was pretty devastating because he makes a routine play, football tackle, and just, split second uh, his heart stopped beating he stood up and then just fell back down and to see people running on the field doing chest compressions and CPR and things like that is something I've never seen on a football field ever Uh, I've definitely seen the ambulance have to come out and get people but nothing like that Um, it was an extremely sad moment and another realization of how precious life is and how it could be taken away from you uh, in one split second. Uh, Fortunately, he um, is back home in Buffalo. I think they were in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, but he's back home. He seems to be doing well. He's neurologically sound. um, And it's nothing but God's blessings that this young man seems to might be able to make a full recovery uh, I hope so but the fact that he's up and he's been fully released from the hospital um, and he was with his team 
uh, not yesterday, I think they played on the road, but uh, he's been able to visit with his team and again, full faculties. Uh, so it's just an amazing, amazing thing. But that incident brought a lot of people together and just to see how the two teams uh, came together during that time frame and they ended up canceling the game. And I think the rule, a lot of people were coming down on the, the NFL and the referees because the ref said that uh, that they had five minutes to warm up and continue the game. Uh, I think that's kind of what the normal protocol has been when you have a situation uh, where a person has to be taken off on the stretcher. Um, and not justifying it, but there was so much heat on them when I think they were just following their protocol. I don't know if they knew the seriousness of the issue or not, but obviously the players did and the teams and coaches came together and said, nope, we can't do this, which is totally understandable. Um, because this is something that's unprecedented, that's never happened, and I think a lot of people were confused on how to proceed. Um, obviously, the right thing to do was what they did was cancel the games, and I'm glad that the coaches made that decision to do that. But this young man is, is doing well, or he seems to be doing well. Again, he was fully released from uh, doctor's care, and he'll continue his rehab with um, with the team, and I think another personal physician, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, just a a very heartwarming story. The fact that he's where he is now, um, it definitely seemed to bring a lot of different communities together. Uh, he had a charity that exceeded their goals. Uh, people donating, and you know, it was just. It just brought a lot of people together. An unfortunate situation brought a lot of people together on different sides. And that's what humanity can be. Uh, and I wish that we didn't need a tragedy, a tragedy in order to bring people together like that. But the downside to this is um, a lot of people took this time to start to spread misinformation. Shortly after, and I want to say this is probably either the same night or early the next day after this incident happened, um, a rumor started going around that he had just gotten his COVID booster shot and the booster is what uh, caused his cardiac arrest. And then there was a fake tweet that claimed to be from a doctor and the tweet said that he was DeMar Hamlin's doctor. He had given him his uh, booster shot a couple of weeks before the incident and that at that time he was in full health and you know the anti-vaxxers took that information and ran with it and start blaming COVID for all of these people dying and what happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin and if you just stop and think logically what doctor would put patients information out on Twitter like that and not be worried about HIPAA violations and losing their license. That doesn't even make sense. But of course, anything that supports that narrative, um, that's what they'll take your room with, it, regardless if it's actually factual or not. Um, anyway, uh, so it has been an interesting few weeks for the Biden administration. 
and honestly, I'm kind of disgusted with them too. Uh, there have been some classified documents found at Biden's home. Uh, I think there's been a total now of like 15 documents. But once these documents were found by uh, Biden's attorneys, they were immediately they immediately contacted the National Archives and immediately turned those documents over. Now. The annoying thing and the irresponsible thing is the fact that he still had them because apparently they were from when he was vice president. So that's irresponsible on his part. Um, and should be investigated on how they got there. Uh, but it only took Merrick Garland four days to assign a special prosecutor uh, to view the documents and to view the case. It took him almost two years to get a special counsel uh, for the Trump documents. And, of course, the right, they're harping on this, uh, you know, we need to know the visitor logs to his home, uh, who visited his home during that time, who could have had access to those. But the two situations are totally different. Uh, Once these documents were found by the Biden administration, they immediately turned them over in the Trump case. He had people ship those documents to his home in Mar-a-Lago, and when asked for them, he said no. They had to get a court order and federal investigators involved to retrieve something that didn't belong to him. So one side willingly contacted the National Archives and said, hey, we got these. Here you go. They were turned over the next day. Another side had to get um, a search warrant and have their house searched in order to retrieve them. Lied and said that was all. Uh, found out that there were more documents and didn't want to give them up. And then had empty folders where documents were missing. Uh, and you're comparing 15 documents to over 300 found in Mar-a-Lago. So the reason I say it's stupid uh, and irresponsible is because from a democratic standpoint, you don't want to give the right anything, any fuel to the fire. Any little thing that's done on the left, they're going to exploit and over-exaggerate. But from my standpoint, if Biden has done something wrong, he needs to be prosecuted. You'll never hear that from the right about Trump. It's always excuses and justifications because they worship this dude. From my standpoint, and most other people I know from this side, we're all for holding people accountable regardless if they're on the left or the right. So if it's found that this administration has done something wrong, prosecute them, impeach them, whatever you need to do. I really don't care at this point. Um, Because all that would do is just bring in the first female black president. So I'm cool with that either way. Um, But secondly, with this issue... I think Mayor Garland is useless. He's taken too long to make decisions. Um, Initially, the way it was presented is that he's a very calculated person. Uh, He's never lost a case. Uh, Any case that he's prosecuted, he's never lost. But from what I'm seeing, and of course, I don't know what's going on, but from a public perspective, this dude is not doing his job. Um, how long did it take him to appoint Jack Smith? A year and a half, almost two years to look into this stuff. 
and the longer it takes uh, to prosecute these fools, the worse it gets because they feel like they're getting away. They're getting away with it, especially the people in Congress who were part of January 6th and all of that stuff. Um, and now, because we have a new Republican-held House, they are creating a committee for oversight on all DOJ investigations, even the ones that includes them. So now they want oversight into investigations that includes them. So they can try to derail those investigations and also the investigation including Trump. So they can try to derail that as well. And it's all because Mary Garland is taking this sweet time in prosecuting these people. I understand that you want to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's, but um, Mueller said that there was enough uh, evidence in his investigation that Trump could be arrested the day after he's out of office and nothing has happened. And again, the longer this stuff goes on, the uh, less people will care because they forget about it. The news cycle is cyclical and it changes from minute to minute. So the longer you take, these people feel like they're getting away from it and nothing is happening and it's destroying our democracy. So I don't have faith in Mary Garland. Um, definitely didn't have faith in Bill Barr to do the right decision, but something just has to be done. I'm tired of this waiting period when a lot of the evidence seemed to be very clear. We know there's something that can be done out of all of the multiple crimes, even the uh, the Georgia thing, calling and asking, telling uh, Secretary of State Brian Kemp to find votes. That has to be illegal because he's encouraging the Secretary of State to cheat in an election. So it, there just seems to be enough evidence to do something. And here we are two years later and, and nothing. And every expert year, oh, they're close to an indictment. We're heard the hell up. People are tired, and our democracy is at stake, and it's been at stake. So something needs to be done. I'm just, I'm not a fan of Mary Garland. Uh, and speaking of the Republican House majority, um, these fools had an issue a couple of weeks ago trying to confirm their new Speaker of the House because they did not want to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I think they need 218 votes, and I think they had 210 maybe, 205. I think there were like 20 people that just refused to vote for McCarthy. And then um, Hakeem Jeffries, every Democrat in the House voted for him. So I think he ended up with like 212, 213 votes, but he needed to get to 218. I think that's the number. And they ended up having... 15 votes before Kevin McCarthy finally got to uh, 218. And in order to get those final votes, he basically had to sell his soul to these 10, 15, 20 holdouts. Um, even as far as passing a resolution that said that one person could bring him up for a vote of no confidence and he could be removed. So his authority is really, really low. 
he's speaker of the house in just name. Um, he has no power. And it's sad to see this man so spineless and basically making a deal with the devil and lost his soul. Uh, he sold his soul just for a title. Um, so the next two years, the house will accomplish absolutely nothing. Uh, they're hell-bent on investigating uh, Hunter Biden, who's a private citizen. It, it's just, it's going to be a mess the next two years, so I'm mentally prepared for that. Um, so it is what it is. Um, also in Virginia, a six-year-old student shot his teacher in the stomach on purpose. And you would think, where did a six-year-old get a gun? Uh, how did the six-year-old know how to shoot the gun? Um, not a whole lot has been released about it. I know he is in custody, uh, but I haven't heard of why he shot his teacher, but he brought a loaded gun to school and shot his teacher. And that's just, it's a shame because there's no safeguard for these teachers. I mean, no one would expect a six-year-old to do that. Um, but we continue to see things like this happen all the time. And being in Houston, uh, there was a video of this black man robbing a restaurant. And he was going person by person at their tables, telling them to give up their items. And he's putting them in a bag. And he turned his back on a customer he had just robbed. And the customer had a gun and shot him. And he died. And that's the consequence of your actions. You know, you went in there to commit a crime and there was a repercussion of that. Um, personally, I don't think the customer should be charged with anything. As far as I know, he was uh, interviewed by the police and let go. But now I just read that there are some activists in Houston that are wanting him charged with murder. And the worst part about it is the robber had a fake gun. So he robbed this restaurant with a fake gun and ended up dying because of his actions. Um, I'm sorry that there's a family out there missing a loved one, but your loved one was committing armed robbery, which is a felony. And regardless if the gun was fake or not, the customers didn't know. I'm sure they were just as scared. Um, it's unfortunate, but when you do things like that, you don't know what the consequences are going to be. Uh, it, it's a very unfortunate situation. And then uh, there are a lot of stories coming out still where the police are just out of control. Um, I've seen stories where police tased the man to death. He seemed to have had a car wreck and um, was having a mental issue, but they ended up tasing him to death. Uh, other police officers were in a chase, a car chase, and they were informed that there were kids in the car and they performed a pit maneuver car flip uh, a 12 year old boy died he was a passenger in the car um, and again this was after being told that there were kids in the in the car uh, there's a video of a young teen walking down the street and a police officer confronts him and basically antagonizes him for almost 10 minutes calling him homeboy and saying let's take a picture together and 
it, he, you could tell he was a teenager and he was just trying to walk to his aunt's house. So the police officer kept following him, harassing him, shining flashlight in his face. And you can hear in his voice that, you know, the, the young man was, he was afraid. And he kept telling the officer, I'm afraid for my life. You keep harassing me. And he was like, I'm just walking down the street. And at one point, the young man walked, uh, turned around and started walking opposite direction. Um, the police officer got in front of him and then told him, don't walk up on me and physically assaulted him. And we just have this type of mentality. Um, it really gives you little hope because you continue to see videos like that where you can tell that there is an absolute bias uh, towards minorities from some police officers. And the Police Officers Association voted down um, an amendment saying that they could not be a part of supremacist organizations. They voted no on that, on that restriction. So in essence, they want to be allowed to be a part of um, white supremacist organizations. So how is that fair to minorities, knowing that you have people that believe in white supremacy? And how do you think they will treat minorities during traffic traffic stops? Or how do you know they won't have a bias towards minorities when that's how they feel? Um, That's why I read an article recently where Colorado ended qualified immunity for police officers and will throw out any cop's testimony if they turn their body cameras off at any point and will assume malfeasance. I think all um, police stations or departments should go to something like that because a lot of times you see people that get stopped uh, and identified and falsely arrested uh, for not committing any crime other than failure to identify. And failure to identify the secondary crime, you have to be suspected of a crime or in the act of committing the crime for them to ID you Um, because most states are just stop and ID states so and when they do that they arrest somebody on something like that a failure to identify you have to go down to the station you may spend the night in jail or else you're inconvenienced by having to be there getting fingerprinted and all of that stuff and there's no uh, real repercussion yeah you can file a complaint but then the police they investigate the police so a lot of times nothing really comes of that so I wish more police departments will end qualified immunity. And even, you know, we there are a lot of uh, videos of where police turn their body cams off on purpose. Um, so I wish more police stations would, would do something like that. Uh, and then an Iowa woman was arrested on suspicion of voter fraud in the 2020 election where she voted for her. Republican husband over 20 times. Uh, there's this dude named Dinesh D'Souza, who's a huge white right wing conspiracy theorist. Um, he sent out a message saying that uh, a person in a heavily Democratic state committed voter fraud, but he failed to mention that they were Republican. He just mentioned that they were in a Democratic state. And 
fantastic again how misinformation gets out there. Uh, then there was another GO official, a GOP official who pled guilty to using voters' personal info uh, to illegally obtain absentee ballots while he served as the county election commissioner in the 2020 election. So again, another um, voter fraud case from a Republican that you will never hear about from the right. Um, And also, there was this theory that this case, uh, Brunson versus Adams, that was the right just claims was going to uh, put Trump back in office because it was at the Supreme Court um, was overturned. They didn't even hear the case. The Supreme Court threw it out last week. So now I'm just waiting for the next uh, moving of the goalpost. I mean, we're going on two, four years of this term and uh, <laughs> still they're still talking about Trump being reinstated as president. I mean, it's it's just tiring. It's just so tiring. So, uh, because it is MLK Day, um, my quote for the week is going to be a quote from MLK. But let me get to the rebel middle finger for this week. And that goes to a Marine by the name of Jason Frink. Um, He assaulted two hotel workers in San Diego a week or so ago. And they were two females. One of them, I think, was a front desk clerk and the other one was a security guard. Um, He verbally assaulted them and physically assaulted them. And him and the security guard got into a physical altercation and she reached and grabbed a nearby lamp and went to work on that dude. I mean, had him on the ground bleeding. And kudos to her, but for this scene, assaulting these two women over nothing, uh, you get to rub the middle finger. And the quote from this week from Dr. King, uh, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. And that is uh, something I'm taking to heart right now. Uh, I'm trying to have more faith and, like I said, hopefully I have some good news for you in the next week or so. But that is it for this week. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening. Peace.